It's been more than six months since the mother and baby unit at the St Helens Private Hospital in Hobart closed its doors. Where are Tasmanian parents turning for help? Is the new ward set up by the state government doing enough to meet demand? And what are doctors seeing on the ground? I'm Olivia Hicks and this is I Heart Tassie. I Heart Tassie. So I was admitted for, uh, I think the official term was maternal sleep deprivation. Um, my baby was waking six to ten times at night wow. and we needed some serious help. That's new mum Ella Smith, who found herself hitting a wall following countless sleepless nights with baby Layla. She was referred to the mother and baby unit at the Royal Hobart Hospital. I was taken straight up to the ward um, and I met with the psychiatrist that I was admitted under and then she went through all um, what was involved, how long roughly my stay was going to be and then I sat down with the nurses um, as well and they went through a few things with me to see what I was comfortable with them doing and what I wasn't comfortable with. And, yeah, that was basically it. The specialist nurses helped put Ella at ease as well as providing much-needed support settling Layla. She spent nine days in hospital. So basically they took over um, the settling of my baby for the first couple of days and nights as well so I could actually get some proper sleep um, and they helped train her to self-settle which is something that she wasn't able to do uh, and then after a few days I started taking back over during the day in getting her to settle for naps um, and then eventually I took back over doing the settling of a night time Ella says the support she received was outstanding and says there needs to be more help at arm's reach for new parents. That's something doctors are also pushing for. This isn't about the, the doctors, it isn't about the medicine. This is as old as healthcare has ever been. This is just about support. That's Dr Tim Jones, a doctor in Hobart, currently providing support to new parents. After private provider HealthScope made the decision to sell the St Helens private hospital site on Macquarie Street in 2023, the state government responded by opening a three-bed mother and baby unit at the Royal Hobart Hospital. The unit is designed to provide support for mothers with mental health challenges, including postnatal depression and anxiety. It's three beds are the only mother and baby beds in the entire state and demand is severely outweighing supply. Dr Jones sees patients daily at their wits end because their babies aren't sleeping or settling and since the hospital closed its doors in June 2023, he says it's been a challenging time. Um, as a GP for us in the community, it's been pretty rough because we have a lot of families coming forward at the moment. They're not in the depths of severe mental health crises, but they're really struggling with issues around feeding and settling, and they just don't know where to turn to. And um, we know that the service at the Royal um, can't provide the level of intervention they need, not for the numbers we're seeing. St Helens offered a 31-bed inpatient mental health unit, including an alcohol detox program, a range of mental health-focused day patient programs and the 8-bed mother and baby unit. Dr Jones, who worked at the unit, says it offered an invaluable service which has since left many new parents feeling let down. Talking to a family last week and they're like, we don't need 
theory. We don't need books. We don't need podcasts. We just need an extra pair of hands to help us out and to really make sure that we're doing this as well as we can. It's not a service you can substitute with anything else. And it just breaks my heart when you see these people come forwards and they're like, we know what we need. We know what our families and friends in other parts of Australia have accessed. How hard can it be? He says it's old-fashioned advice which parents are seeking. But they just want to know where the village is. They're, they're not, it's not that they don't care about their child. It's not that they don't know how to try and help the situation. They just don't feel they've got the support to be able to knuckle down and figure out how to feed their difficult-to-feed baby or settle their very unsettled baby. And they, they seem really defeated when we look at just the very limited resources we have on the ground to provide that support. The state government says the interim unit would provide comfortable and home-like facilities separate from the rest of the ward, specifically designed to cater to the needs of mothers and infants. Each room in the unit provides ample space and privacy, featuring its own ensuite bathroom as well as a shared living and dining areas, a kitchenette and laundry facilities available for use. Tasmania is the only state which doesn't have a community-based mother and baby service. As many as one in five Tasmanian mums experience postnatal depression and anxiety, and tragically 21% of maternal suicides are due to severe depression, and it doesn't just affect parents. We know that if parents receive that support, the well-being of that child is going to vastly improve very rapidly. But we know that if that support's neglected, the impact in terms of the long-term relationships and loving foundations of a family can be very severely impacted and take a long time to heal. But what happens elsewhere in Australia? Coming up in this week's episode of I Heart Tassie, we'll find how far behind Tasmania is when it comes to accessing support both locally and interstate. I Heart Tassie. I Heart Tassie. Experts say Australia should aim for one eight-bedded mother and baby unit for every 15,000 deliveries. This is a benchmark set by the UK's Royal College of Psychiatrists and used as a reference point by the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists. On those figures, Australia should have about 168 beds in total, spread across 28 eight-bed units. Instead, the nation falls well short of that, with just 83 beds in total split across 13 units. Those states and territories with the lowest birth numbers, including Tasmania with just over 6,000 births per year, currently have no dedicated public mother and baby units at all. As mentioned earlier, the mother and baby unit provided a very important role to the community, but there were barriers when it came to access, which meant many parents in other areas of the state felt it impossible to seek the help they needed. Dr Jones says moving forward, dedicated units across the state would fill that gap. We really are calling for both um, interim services to provide that care rapidly to families who need it now and also the development of more permanent hubs, not just for residential beds for families to stay in, but even just day programs where families can go during the day and have someone compassionate and experienced assist them with challenges like feeding or settling of babies and provide that safe place that doesn't feel 
as daunting as going into a hospital to receive care. It would also provide a valuable skill set in the nursing profession, which many say is lacking here. The mother baby unit at St Helens employed many um, highly experienced, incredibly compassionate uh, mothercraft nurses and midwives, but they are an ageing population and there isn't really ready employment available for them anymore other than the service at the Royal. Their skill set doesn't readily transfer to any other area of healthcare, but many of them are having to seek that employment. And if this situation drags on longer and longer, we're going to lose this ready and willing pool of talent that not just could provide the service, but could also be responsible for training the next generation, as has always been the way with parenthood. Every generation helps the generation after it. But access is just one part of the problem. There is still stigma surrounding mental illness. Despite improvements in recent years, many new mums in particular still fear the reaction of friends, families and even social services if they make their experience of mental health known. This poses a barrier to access treatment. For mum Ella, it made sense to seek help, but she understands it's not always easy. I actually said to my husband that before I was admitted that I thought I'd be only be there for a few days because I felt like they were probably going to judge me for being a bad mum and not being able to look after my own baby. But there was zero judgment and they were so supportive and helpful. I cannot fault any part of that service. Once Ella was given the skills to help settle her baby, the help didn't stop there. She also felt very supported when it came to her end of stay. An overnight discharge was provided, which meant she could come back the next day if her first night at home didn't go as planned. So my last day, I was discharged for um, an overnight discharge, is what they call it, I think. So I was able to go back the next day if it didn't work at home. So um, I packed everything as if I was going home and we had our overnight trial and then the next day I got a phone call from my psychiatrist to follow up and see how things were going Um, and then I was officially discharged then. For those who can afford it, mum and dads are also turning to interstate services to seek help. But this can come with its own challenges and Dr Jones says a more streamlined approach would be beneficial. I do hear of some families who have access to means travelling to Melbourne to try and access private care there. But even there you think of the success outcomes where if they discharge and then have to deal with a delayed flight home and then a baby whose schedule has gone out the window or who's missed a feed, it's already going to be battling a situation that could be so much more manageable. Mm. So we need services close to where people need them. And they do. I can't emphasise that point enough. He says having dedicated services nearby also provides benefits when it comes to cost. No, this is very, very, very cost effective. The services that provide this care interstate have done long-term tracking of their data. Some of them have providing, been providing this care for over 100 years. They know that every dollar that is spent on them um, to deliver these services to families achieves three less dollars spent down the track in the health system trying to, you know, um, plug holes that have had a long time to form. And so we know that early intervention and early support is cheap relative to the costs that are going to be sustained by the families, 
by the community and by the state if things continue on. Mum Ella says if you or someone you know is experiencing issues with their baby or early parenthood, it's paramount to seek help early. Definitely go to your GP and discuss getting that referral set up because you've only gotten to your baby's 12 months old. So you don't have a massive window to go through the service, unfortunately. Um, but it, you won't regret it mm. at all. And both her and baby Layla are thriving because of it. She actually sleeps through the night most nights now. Um, I think we got like a seven or eight night run of no wakes during the night. And then if she does wake, she'll wake maybe once. Mm. And you, that's it. You must feel like a new woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I've got a new lease on life. In a statement, Premier and Minister for Mental Health and Wellbeing Jeremy Rockliffe says the government continues to work with stakeholders, including private providers and primary care services, to establish a comprehensive model of care for mothers and babies. It stepped in to establish a public mother and baby unit at the Royal Hobart Hospital in June 2023, following the closure of the St Helens Private Hospital. This unit, established as an interim solution, is providing support for mothers experiencing mental health challenges, including postnatal depression and anxiety. Planning has commenced and a steering committee established to develop an expanded model of care for mothers and babies in all regions of the state to ensure families can access support closer to home. If this podcast has raised some concerns for you or someone you know needs help, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. And that's it for iHeart Tassie this week. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the iHeart Tassie podcast feed on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like, you can leave us a review while you're there. I'm Olivia Hicks. Thanks for your company. iHeart Tassie. 